Have you, uh, have you enjoyed your long three-day weekend? The Monday was, uh, what was it, Spring Equinox Day, which was nice. What does that actually mean? Does that mean like the first day of spring or something? It's when <clears throat> the uh, length of the day and the night is exactly the same because of the uh, Earth's position relative to the sun. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah. And it always happens to be on a Monday. Uh, it always happens to be around like the uh, March twenty third or twenty second or something, and then also yeah. in, in the fall in September uh, around twenty second or twenty third. That's when my birthday is. Oh, by the way, I think I missed your birthday uh, recently, didn't I? Well, you're about six weeks late. But happy oh. birthday! <laughs> <laughs> it was in February, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you just re- you just remembered. No, well, like when it happened, I remembered about it, and then I was like, kept forgetting to bring it up. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm forty now. I've joined the uh, the uh, well, I guess it's not out of four, right? Out of four is like what thirty nine, thirty eight. Yeah, almost, and then I yeah. guess when you become forty, I'm not out of four anymore. <clears throat> I'm what your 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 Jude, your Jude day. Yeah, <laughs> you're in your forties now. Yeah, how does it feel? Uh, well, I guess um, as before previous years, I've definitely noticed some changes in my body. I feel uh, like uh, recovery times from jujitsu have been getting a lot longer. So before I was training three days a week, and now I can just about manage twice a week. Th- three is tough now. Like, it, huh. it, you know, I need at least probably three days to recover in between. Right. But, uh, yeah, so now now I'm doing two. I'm trying to get back into three, but I'm finding it quite difficult to, to do that. So I might just stick to two just because my body can't handle it anymore. Yeah, I don't know. Sometimes it's, like, actually helps if you're doing it more regularly, I feel like. Um, but, uh, going, I mean, going back to your original question, what do we do? Uh, we were in isolation by the time this comes out, uh, we'll probably have already finished our isolation, but yeah, we were in isolation because of the COVID cluster at the kids nursery school. Plus they had an RS virus infection going around. So in our house, we actually had the RS virus infection. That's why my voice might sound a little sick, like I'm sick or something. Your voice uh, is lower than normal. I think so. Maybe also, uh, how do you feel? Do you feel all right? Uh, I had like a slight infection or, uh, not infection, a slight, uh, fever for a couple of days, but, uh, um, yeah, I didn't really ever feel sick, but our, our youngest daughter who, uh, had the infection was like really sick for a long time. So, uh, so that's how we spent our three day, uh, uh, spring equinox or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, the day when the uh, the the day and the night are exactly the same length. How did you guys spend it? Three day we, weekend. Uh, we went to, um, I think, um, as I remember, maybe one of your favorite onsens 
you know, oh, really? Dozanke. It's one of my favorites, and I think it might be your favorite too. I think we kind of have a similar uh, ranking on this one. I've never been to it. Oh, uh, maybe you went to the one in Otaru. Yeah, I liked yeah. it a lot. It's not one of my favorite, but I think if the way you described that one that you're probably about to say uh, makes me really want to go there. <laughs> Even though I haven't mentioned it, but you know I'm going to say. Yeah, yeah. Furukawa. Yes. Yeah, Furukawa. Furukawa. Yeah. yeah, man, we went there. Um, this is the, th- the second time I've been to this place. Um, and surprisingly, it wasn't too expensive. It was pretty much like the same as any other onsen that we normally go to maybe it's because of uh corona times and they wanted to get more people come uh more people going um, and even if it you know it was like in the peak of the the long weekend so i was quite surprised about that but yeah it was great we um we hit the uh the gumban yoku you a fan mm. of that burke the uh, the hot stone <clears throat> sauna yeah, I dated a girl who was a huge fan of this. Who I've been to one of those like probably five times or something. It's now tore down, but it used to be in uh, Higashiku Eastward. But uh, yeah, they had very they had a variety of different hot stone rooms that you go and like lay down in, kind of like in uh, short shorts pajamas with like a bunch of other people. <laughs> right? Yeah, this was this was pretty cool. Like they have um, in Furukawa, they have like a separate. Uh, area just for gambanyoku and massages mm. and it's like in the basement so it feels like a bit of a dungeon when you go in it's like very you know dimly lit there's candles in the corners and uh and yeah and and you know they put you in separate rooms like private rooms with whoever you're with and then uh and if it, <clears throat> it just feels like a bit of a prison cell because there's no windows it's just like stone concrete walls and then you're you're left to just lie down in the in the heat but my my wife said um she used to really enjoy them and then she thinks because of her her aging that she uh she doesn't seem to like them as much anymore like after after 10 minutes she was kind of struggling and wanting wanting to leave because the 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 manager of the place said you know you should do 10 minutes on your front lying on your front and then 10 minutes lying on your back and then come out have a rest for five minutes or so, get a drink of water, rehydrate, and then go back in and do the whole process again. So the whole time was for 50 minutes um, was the plan. But uh, yeah, my missus kind of struggled with that. And afterwards she, you know, we did the first 20 minutes, no problems. And then the second half, she kind of cut it short by five. I could have stayed. I, I, I was fine. But uh, yeah, she, she kind of struggled with it. And then, at the end, she was kind of like insinuating that she didn't want to do a gambanyoku again. <laughs> huh. That so, yeah, place, maybe, maybe she said, "I don't know." Yeah, getting older is uh, harder to to deal with, you know, high temperatures and stuff like that. <laughs> Endure the struggle. Yeah. That uh, that sounds uh, <clears throat> much nicer than the place that we went to. I used to go out, go to out in uh, Eastward, but. Um, yeah, that's too bad that she's uh, no longer taking to it too well. So it sounds like maybe not too much Kanbanyoku in your guys' future. At least well, I, th- I, th- I, th- I remember it um, when I did it before in another place. It wasn't as hot. Like this one was, uh, yeah, it wasn't quite like a sauna, but it wasn't far off. Um, you know, we were sweating a lot. But I remember the one I did before, I, I didn't feel like it was 
so difficult we could you know just kind of laze around and have conversations and chat and stuff but with with the one we went to over the weekend you really kind of had to focus and you know put yourself in the right mindset to get through it a bit like a uh, bikram yoga if you've ever done that before we started talking about that and my wife had done bikram yoga before which she said was like the hardest thing she's ever done but one of the most fulfilling things like how you feel at the end of completing a, a, a bikram yoga session huh. yeah i've never uh done bikram yoga i mean i know what it's about and stuff but i mean that's uh yeah so is it uh my experience with kanbanyoku is it's not necessarily supposed to be like this uh struggle that you have to make it through so you, you think that place is uh, in furukawa the one there is like uh kind of challenging or do you think it was just specific to your wife it was difficult i, th- I think it was yeah I, like i heard it was you know supposed to be kind of relaxing right gambanyoku in general <laughs> yeah 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 this one this one wasn't relaxing like i was looking at the time the whole time like when's this going to finish uh-huh. um, and my wife i think felt the same thing so maybe their level was a bit more i don't know a bit higher level for for regular folk uh, you probably have to be more of a, a seasoned gambanyoku goer or something huh yeah but well, it was cool it was good it was good I, I i i actually enjoyed it and then afterwards um they have like a separate onsen area just for the people that use the gambanyoku um and you go in there and that onsen was actually nicer than the main one which all the people that stay over use because hmm. it was uh it was bigger and it was a roten roten buro only um so it was like very spacious um outdoor um and it was and because it seemed like not many people were using the gambanyoku so we had like a private onsen separately we had our own uh private onsens but i could talk to my wife like the the onsen was just like just next to it huh. uh but the only difference was there was no uh washing area you know like in normal onsens you have like a showering section where you clean yourself off right. um so in this one it was just like you go to the gambanyoku <clears throat> And then go to the separate onsen and just go straight in. There's no like cleaning or washing. Um, you just take a towel, separate towel, go in, sit there for a few minutes or, or however long you want to stay there, and then uh, and then come back out and then get changed. Yeah, and then go back to the enjoy the rest of the hotel. Yeah, man, that place sounds really nice. Um, so, is that something you guys had planned for a while, or was it a last minute decision or something? Co- or? Couple of weeks, planned a couple of weeks, uh, mainly because uh, I got quite a quite a nice little payment from uh from my tax return so nice. uh so my wife suggested we uh spend spend some of it on that yeah my favorite uh onsen is uh actually called gin gin <clears throat> it's uh kind of up on the hill in otaru so i think i talked about that one and uh the furukawa in, in uh, otaru on that episode so that's why you always have it in your head that my favorite onsen is furukawa but I've never been to the Furukawa and Jozanke that you always talk about. So mm, I definitely recommend it. Yeah, really good, uh, really good food as well. It's like a set, set course that you have like seven. I think it's like seven or eight different dishes. But feels like, you know, when you go to like those French restaurants, um, the food comes out over a period of about an hour and a half. So very slow, but small portions, but always like just the right amount, so you're not too full and and uh, you never leave 
hungry as well. So yeah, I very I highly recommend um, Furukawa in a, in Jozanke if everyone ever wants to go to an onsen. Uh, yeah, that's my my recommendation, and I well, recommend you should go there as well. But I know you've been to the one in Otaru you said before, but maybe the Jozanke one is probably the <coughs> original one, or has, has been there a lot longer. It sounds much. I mean, the one in uh, Otaru was pretty nice, but it's kind of like down right next to the canal and kind of like a crowded area. Um, the one that you always talk about in uh, Jozanke kind of sounds more like uh, what you kind of picture in your head of like an onsen to be. Mm. Um, yeah, so I think they're completely different, and I'd really like to go to the one in Jozanke. But it's funny that you uh, kind of talk about this nice, re- relaxing uh, way, you know, uh, relaxed thing to do in Japan because it's very different from the uh, topic that you proposed for this week. <laughs> Yes, yeah, we had a, uh, well, not we, but down in near Fukushima, they had another pretty big earthquake last uh, last week. Uh, when was it? it was like Wednesday. Last, last Wednesday, yeah, down down in uh, Fukushima. Um, and the magnitude was, just looking up now. Was it Wednesday? It was Wednesday, right? It was Wednesday, yeah. Wednesday around 11.30 at night japan time and it read a magnitude of 7.4 um we were kind of just about going to bed so we uh we we felt it um and it felt big you know it went for a long time lasted for a, a good few minutes up in sapporo um yeah and and we knew it was going to be big did you uh did you sleep for it burke or did it wake you up my wife was working, and uh, I mean, our apartment's kind of high up in our building, so apparently uh, our apartment was swinging quite a bit. She took some video, and uh, because it was lasting for quite a long time, she was worried, so she came to to get me, and I was uh, fast asleep, <laughs> and uh, I slept through the whole thing and didn't know about it until I woke up the next morning and was getting messages from people overseas, like, are you guys okay? <laughs> and of course, like you said, we didn't have anything big, but yeah. Uh, I slept through the whole thing. <laughs> so you must have pretty good, uh, what is it, shock absorbers in your building or something? Because you're, I mean, you you said you're quite high up, um, but your building's quite new, so maybe it's built to uh, to withstand these these big earthquakes. Yeah, like uh, I mean, I think all buildings in Japan have pretty good earthquake technology, and <clears throat> this one's uh, was built fairly recently. So especially buildings that were built recently probably have the latest technology, but, and I don't know exactly which technology this one uses. Um, I think there's different types, but I've seen it before and I've tried to talk, describe it before where it's kind of like ball and socket. So the four corners of the building are kind of on these ball and socket, uh, joints. And of course the building itself is held in place, but like, so if the ground underneath it like moves around in any direction, the building like doesn't move too much, you know, because it's, uh, on those ball and socket joints. But I don't know if that's how this building is built, but I've seen that way on TV uh, before. But yeah, it kind of makes sense how you can have a really big movement uh, in the ground, but not too much movement in the buildings. Mm. I don't know, but you guys said you guys were moving quite a bit. Yeah, well, we, we're we on the third floor. And mm. I know I, I got a, a little bit worried at times, um, you know, if it went any longer or something. But then hearing from the building manager... Uh, before we moved in, there you know, there was that big earthquake in Hokkaido in was it 2018? Was it 2018, 2019? 
18 uh, the biggest million. war we've had in a long time um and that you know the, there was no damage at all to the building we live in now at that time so once he kind of said that that you know relieves my my worries a little bit mm. but uh, yeah just uh just feeling that and then waking up the next day and hearing from friends that live closer to tokyo they uh yeah they were pretty scared they said it felt like it was uh this almost the same as the the great japan east earthquake back in uh 2011 right uh, people like holding on to their bookcases and stopping their shelves from falling down and stuff so yeah so after hearing about that as always when you when you hear about you know um natural disasters and stuff you start thinking about oh maybe i should prepare for for something like that and it's always sometimes it's always a little bit you know too little too late um so yeah we me and my wife started talking about preparing emergency bags even though we kind of have prepared one from uh from the previous uh earthquake that we had but we uh we kind of ran out of supplies like they the the food that we bought back then has become out of date and so we thought maybe we need to to rethink what we need again and uh and yeah and, and that's what kind of brought me to to this topic found an article um talking about how to prepare for an earthquake in japan uh what to do what things you need especially uh food and supplies um and uh and what you should do during an earthquake after an earthquake emergency numbers phone numbers to use so yeah, I thought we'd uh, we'd talk about that. So wondering uh, with, with you, Berg, did have you prepared for earthquakes before, or have you just only kind of started to to think about that now too? No, we've uh, been doing it for a number of years, and <clears throat> especially after the big one we had in whatever it was, two thousand eighteen or nineteen, in Hokkaido, uh, we got even uh, better prepared. But uh, in looking at that article that you kind of uh, sense, um, of course, everyone prepares their own type of uh, emergency uh, items in their house, uh, maybe an emergency bag, too, in case they need to evacuate their house in a certain type of natural disaster. But you can get very detailed uh, suggestions on how you should, uh, what types of items you should prepare in case you are stuck living in your home for a little while without power and such after a natural disaster, but um, I found something that kind of mentioned uh, the items that people always say that uh, probably proved to be the most important to have during such times, and uh, that included um, emergency toilet, 30 bags, flashlight, uh, two flashlights, a hand crank radio, uh, spare batteries for mobile phones, three per phone, and latex gloves, one box with about 100 gloves. These were mentioned as the items that people realized were the most important out of all the different types of items that you could prepare. Uh, well, of course, apart from water and stuff, but yeah. Do you have uh, any you, of these? Right, yeah, I was about to ask you that. We have an emergency toilet. I'm not sure how many bags we have. Um, I just bought one off Amazon a couple of years ago. Um, but I can't remember how many bags it came with, but it's in my storage box somewhere. But it's basically, uh, it was just a cardboard box with a hole in it. <laughs> so hopefully yeah. they, they put enough bags in there. Uh, flashlight, I have uh, a few of the, the headlamps, which are very useful for camping. So I've got a few of those, and then a big kind of camping lantern light as well. 
which uh, which is very bright, which I bought uh, about a year ago. And we do have a, a hand crank type radio as well, which I haven't actually tested out yet. But uh, we bought that a couple of years ago. Uh, latex gloves, we always have those hanging around um, in the kitchen or the bedroom, whatever whatever takes you fancy. Um, <laughs> spare batteries for mobile phones. This is what I've been looking into recently because it says uh, three spare batteries per phone. Yeah. What, but what is a spare battery for a mobile phone anyway? Like you have to buy it like a chargeable one is that is that what it means it's it's like a separate phone <laughs> so it's another phone <laughs> it's a it's a battery a spare so buy battery nine phones with, if there's with a, a phone a, with a phone attached to it basically yeah because <laughs> because i was um, i was looking for uh like a rechargeable battery that you wouldn't need to plug it in to charge it because that would kind of defeat the point so i was i was looking on amazon and this was yeah, kind of last week. And uh, a recent thing is um, solar paneled battery chargers. Uh, but the thing about these these devices is the solar panel charger, It most of them takes, I think it was like 150 hours to charge uh, in direct bright sunlight. So, 150 hours right it's pretty long and also <laughs> it has to be under strong direct sunlight and a lot of those the ones i was looking at I was like, oh that that doesn't sound too bad you know maybe you could leave in the sunlight and let it charge for yeah what is that four, three days, days over three days <laughs> three to four days <laughs> but then but then like all of them the small print was uh the solar panel charger only charges up the LED light, which is like an emergency lamp that the charger is used for. So it, it doesn't, doesn't actually charge, charge the, ba- the battery. <laughs> <laughs> but they had that in a small print. And I was like, well, what is the point of that? So, yeah, I still haven't found uh, a suitable spare battery for a mobile phone. I was thinking just find one of those adapters where you can put like regular batteries, like regular AAA batteries or AA batteries and just buy a shit ton of those batteries because we have a uh, we have a lot of those. We every time I go out now, I always you know look for Duracell batteries or something. Like went to Costco the other day and I bought a pack of yeah uh, fifty AA batteries. Um, and <laughs> That's right. You said you've said this before that you're like this battery collector, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, me and my wife always argue about what size is the most common. Um, she thinks it's AAA. I think it's AA. What do you reckon, back? Um, I don't know. Well, I just said just get them both. I, I think it's double like, no, A, but AAA. maybe in Japan, triple A. Yeah, I don't mm. know. Um, yeah, well, everything on this list uh, we pretty much have, except for the latex gloves. Uh, you know, it's been, uh, you know, uh, and uh, just not having fun in the bedroom, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Need to take things on the next level. Uh, the uh, and we for spare battery for mobile phones. Yeah, I think I only have one, and just like you were saying, we got to plug it in. But I did see because I've been uh, in the market for a new bag for jujitsu and also. Uh, for our kind of work. And um, <clears throat> I was at Tokyo Hands the other day and they had a backpack that had like a uh, solar panel that folds out of the back um, pocket or something. 
And uh, you can charge your cell phone with that in like three hours. So I was really? tempted to buy, yeah. Um, but you have to like take it out of the backpack. It's not like the uh, the panel itself isn't built into the exterior of the backpack. You've got to kind of unfold this like solar panel, foldable solar panel that goes into one of the uh, middle pockets. But yeah, I think it said it could charge in like three hours or something. So I was tempted to get that um, just because I need a gadget on my work bag that I'll probably never use. <laughs> but also uh, just for emergency purposes, like having that, especially now hearing that whatever you found takes three days or something <laughs> to charge and doesn't even charge the uh, cell That sounds good, man, what you found. How, how much did it cost for the whole bag and the, including the, the solar panel charger? Uh, I think it was like Nijumont. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, it was like, uh, it was, <laughs> yeah, it was uh, just over like Ichimon or something. It wasn't too, uh, it wasn't too expensive. That's not bad at all. I think, yeah. uh, where, where was that? Tokyo Hands. Tokyo Hands, like, uh, yeah, Tokyo Hands has now moved. It used to be down in Odori, remember? But now mm. it's, uh, it's in like the sixth or seventh floor of the Tokyo building across the street from Sapporo Station. Ah, uh, I reckon they might be sold out now. After uh, after uh, or did you go there recently? <laughs> um, that was a couple. Uh, that was maybe a month ago. Yeah, mm, before before the whole big earthquake. Yeah, um, but we have everything else on. Yeah, I mean, I just uh, got a hand crank uh, type radio off of the Furosato Noze program, the tax rebate hometown tax rebate program. Um, I have not checked the quality of it yet. Uh, we have the emergency toilets, um, and I think it's just not just the bag and the uh, the uh, cardboard box seat, but there's also isn't there something I think you put into the bag with the waste to kind of help with the uh, smell? Yeah, yeah. Lie, so. lie or something? I don't know. Uh, wait, probably not lie. Isn't lie what they use to like decompose bodies or something? <laughs> <I'm not> sure. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe need I to use you it know, to you know more about decompose. that than I do. <laughs> You've never had to get rid of a body before. <laughs> I guess I that on like Ozark or something. But uh, <clears throat> anyways, yeah. So we have uh, um, food. We just had to go through um, renewing our food because just like you, uh, stuff that we had bought had expired. Um, we have the uh, bottles of water that last for a long time. But again, I've mentioned it before. I am the uh, Bosai Tantosha uh, in our building uh, for the uh, – the uh, Kumiai, uh, what's it called again? The board of whatever, the residence board. Um, the union. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so I uh, am learning about like all the emergency measures of our bill. I've talked about it before. We have like a huge storage room in our building that has a lot of supplies for all the residents uh, in case something happens where power goes out uh, in the area and stuff. Uh, we actually have like a manhole in our parking lot, apparently, that can be converted into a toilet for residents if necessary. It's like <laughs> next to someone's parking spot. And it's pretty funny because at like the, uh, at the, uh, at the, uh, union meeting, they're always like, yeah, it's right next to your parking spot, Mr. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> um, man, so, that's pretty cool yeah. that you have that. That's, that's, that's really good. I think, um, you know, most, uh, these guides, they kind of recommend that you, you know, have these unions and you you have regular meetings of uh, what people should do during emergency situations. Um, and you said you're the head, so you you're you're you're, you're in charge. So you you know exactly what to do in <laughs> well, these that's times. 
<laughs> no, well, that's the thing. I hardly know anything. Uh, I, it's myself and a uh, and a woman. Uh, the two of us are in charge. She seems she seems to know a lot more than I do, uh, which mm. you know is kind of embarrassing. But uh, part of it might just be language. But I mean, they say like part of the reason they have these uh, residence boards or these uh, unions is um, it's to actually help teach the residents about the. Uh, building and the land that they own and everything, the whole process and stuff. So even if you don't really know much and you're put in charge of something, you're supposed to be learning a lot about it and everything. So in that sense, it's been a really good experience. But yeah, I mean, just like you were saying, it's good that we have those types of like uh, special devices that have been created for emergency situations. But one thing that was very interesting that happened in the recent um, big earthquake down in uh, Tohoku last week is that there was the uh, Shinkansen bullet train that derailed. Did you see that? Yeah, yeah. People were stuck for, what, three or four hours? Um, and well, luckily, like... it wasn't moving very fast, so no one got injured. Yeah, but do you know why? I mean, just like you said, <clears throat> 16 of the 17 uh, cars derailed, but none of the 75 passengers or three crew members were injured. And it's because uh, J.R., uh, East or East Japan Railway and other areas of Japan on the bullet train lines, they have all this, uh, uh, well, special systems installed, uh, to react to emergency situations such as earthquakes. And, um, so this one that happened last week, this guy, Tsunashima, he's a professor of railroad engineering at Nihon University. He kind of explained what was happened. Uh, with that, uh, what happened with the uh, bullet train last week. And uh, a passenger, a 28-year-old passenger who was on the train, said that the train began slowing down when the first earthquake alert was issued and stopped just before the second earthquake, uh, second more powerful earthquake hit. And Tsunashima believes that the emergency brakes were triggered by the urgent earthquake detection and alarm system uh, for the train's systems detects and analyze data of the primary waves known as P waves, which travel faster than the secondary S waves, which in large quakes are accompanied by strong shaking. So in the event of a strong earthquake, seismographs installed along the line and other locations detect the P waves and estimate the location and scale of the epicenter. The system stops trains automatically by cutting power at selected stations. And apparently this technology has been uh installed along like a thousand kilometers of track throughout japan in these areas where they you know are think are prone to these very large earthquakes happening so um when you say that the train wasn't going that fast when it occurred it's because it had started slowing down through this technology emergency technology that's installed so pretty uh amazing stuff they have here in japan that is uh, impressive and 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 like you were saying that's uh for pretty much like bullet trains only i'm guessing um, yeah like the, your regular jr train is not gonna be fit with with that kind of technology yeah the, well this was jr east uh said that they have installed the devices along approximately 1000 kilometers of track including at the site where wednesday's derailment occurred mm. yeah oh. uh well, so yeah uh, this type yeah, of that's, mm. that's impressive yeah mm. uh yeah, Go so ahead. I, I uh, yeah, I, you know, looking through this guide, which I'm, I'm gonna, I'll share in the, in the notes. is It's great. It, it helps you with everything you pretty need and and what food you should prepare. So what they kind of recommend as a, as basic supplies, 
uh, which you should always stock, uh, which other survivors uh, from these natural disasters have found valuable. Obviously water, but they recommend 12 two-litre bottles, uh, portable gas cooking stove, at least one of those, uh, six gan- gas canisters for uh, for that for that portable cooking stove. In terms of food, uh, five kilograms of pre-washed rice, heat and eat rice, at least six packs, dried noodles, one pack, instant noodles, three packs. This is for a standard like household of like four people, maybe like two adults, a child, and maybe a, a grandparent or something like that. Uh, canned fruit, one can, heat heat and eat food, nine packs, uh, drinks, six bottles, uh, 500 mils, some cheese, um, nutrition bars, maybe three boxes, and powdered health drink. Yeah, I don't know about that. Powdered health drink, one bag, and uh, seasoning, one set. Yeah, I, I personally wouldn't uh think seasoning and powdered health drink would be that essential i don't know it depends what kind of person you are but uh yeah daily items tissue paper five boxes toilet paper 12 rolls disinfectant wet wipes one box disposable contact lenses i guess if you need them one month supply uh disposable body warmer or disposable heat packs 10 and one lighter so yeah do you have all of those things back that i mentioned in your uh, sorry, emergency, could you, emergency kit. Could, yeah, could, sorry, could you repeat that? I didn't have my pen ready. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to take notes of what uh, everything. Um, um, actually, the- <laughs> <laughs> no, I'd read through that. Uh, well, I read through it uh, after you sent the article to me. Um, and I was uh, noticed that how specific and detailed it was and really thorough. Because um, <clears throat> like when we had that big earthquake that happened uh here in Hokkaido a few years ago it was it was pretty surprising because everybody really did flock to the uh to the um combinis so everything on the shelves and the combinis disappeared pretty quickly and then like the supermarkets and stuff it took them like a little bit of time to get their systems up and running so that they could like distribute food to people orderly because power was out so they couldn't have going people going into the uh into the supermarkets and stuff um but still, uh, it kind of seemed like the uh, they have systems set up uh, within the city to try to distribute food uh, during a real disaster situation. I don't know how effective it is because, fortunately, we've never had to uh, see those systems put to full use. But, like, some of these places that get hit by disasters, like down in Kyushu, they get hit by the flooding or the earthquakes. And even down after this one in Miyagi, I mean, we're pretty lucky. I was joking about like sleeping through and stuff. And it's really, I'm lucky to be able to laugh about it because there's still people down there right now that their situation has obviously been shaken up since uh, last week. And then, you know, during these uh, very big natural disasters like the 2011 Great East Japan earthquake and stuff, in those situations, a lot of people are, you know, maybe they lose their house or they can't return to their house. There's no power at the house for like several days or maybe a couple of weeks or something. So in that type of situation, uh, that's when you would probably need something included, you know, as detailed as this list that you just read off. Cause we definitely do not have, uh, that we are definitely not that thoroughly prepared as what all of those items you just mentioned. How about you? What percentage do you think you have of all those items? We have a lot of seasonings already anyway. 
Um, <laughs> that would be one thing that I don't think is really necessary. We don't have disposable contact lenses one month supply. That's because I don't use them. And my wife wears contact lenses, but I don't think she has a month supply worth. Uh, we don't have the disposable heat packs. I guess that's the, what are they called? The Kaido. We don't have any of those. Uh, I have a lighter. I have a bunch of lighters. Uh, nutrition bars. No, don't have those. But we have a lot of chocolate bars. So I guess no, that kind of helps. But we uh, we replaced that with nuts as well. We got a lot of like cashew nuts and mixed mixed peanuts, stuff like that. So yeah, I think we got most of these things. Uh, canned food says six each. We don't have as many as that. We probably got uh, two or three each at the moment. So I think we're going to stock up on those. And we don't have many uh, or much heat and eat food. Don't really know what that is, heat and eat food. Is that just like stuff that you can put in like boiling water or something? Is that what that means? Exactly, yeah, like those packets of uh, different – I mean, that's what we have. It's kind of like a lot of those emergency packet foods. Um, They can buy uh, in Japan on Amazon Japan. It's kind of like Japanese-type dishes, so a little bit maybe healthier and stuff. Uh, But, yeah, just ones that you could probably uh, throw in water, heat up and eat, or throw in a pan, heat up and eat. What what do you think is, uh, like, out of these daily items, what do you think is the most important? Do you think toilet paper is the most important? Because, you know, every time these disasters happen, it's always the toilet paper that goes the quickest. And my wife was kind of thinking, like, why why do people go crazy over toilet paper? Is it that, is it that important, <clears throat> you think? I mean, you can just, like, drip dry, can you, if you're really desperate? <laughs> um, uh, especially if you're, you're about, you know if you're a female if you're a female then i don't know you can just yeah well just i think like, just sit on the <laughs> toilet a bit longer or the box but i think uh it's more so uh for use for number two well of course for you know for women as well but i'm saying i think maybe that's what people are hoarding um toilet paper for mm. you can i don't know uh, you can find ways to to deal with that, can you? Like, if you're in the wild, get some get some leaves or some grass. Yeah, but I think you're going to get sick of that pretty quick, <laughs> pretty quickly. <laughs> so you would, so you would say toilet paper is pretty crucial. Like, you if if uh, if there was an emergency, you'd you'd be the one going out there and buying all the toilet paper before anyone else could. Um, I mean, we usually have like. Uh, we don't have five boxes, but we have a good few days of worth, and uh, we've got a lot of old books and stuff. Yeah, yeah, right. Pages, documents become resourceful. <laughs> but again, like that's you know, where are you going to dispose of all that? <laughs> that's true. That's true. All right. So toilet rolls, toilet paper is important. Yeah, I th- I think I could go about. I I I can be a uh, quite creative with how to dispose of my, my number twos. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's certain specific things you need if you have like babies, um, for women, especially I think there's situation. That's true. That's true. When you, when you're, when you're thinking about, yeah, children or like you said, like babies, um, women, especially probably men, I think could, uh, could do without, um, so yeah, another thing that I found quite interesting from, uh, from this guide, uh, that I found, um, and that was about preparing uh, 
your home for a potential earthquake, which is uh, which is basically stabilizing your furniture, um, fixing it, securing it to walls. So I don't know many people. I've never even you know seen people that have done this. Like I'll, I'll visit someone's house, but I've never noticed them having you know these frames that attach to their cabinets and they're screwed into the walls or chains that are hooked onto their the lamps that might sway or something that are also connected to the walls to, or to the ceiling to stop them from uh, from swinging around um yeah like tables screwed into the ground i don't, I don't know <laughs> do you uh do you do that back or do you know anyone that kind of does that stabilizes their furniture to to the to the walls and ceilings well because we're so high we do it a little bit but not nearly as much as what's talked about in this uh in this article we um we do have like those frames uh, that hold like bookshelves and stuff like in the l bracket with the ceiling like the l brackets you mean no not the l brackets that you attach to the bookshelf i'm talking about the stuff that looks like uh kind of uh it's a, like a stilt between the shelves and the ceiling above it. Oh, like a tension rod. Yeah, tension rod, a stabilizer. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah we have done that on all of the uh, shelves in our house, in the kitchen, and in other rooms as well, because we're oh. up high. So if there's ever something big, and we don't want one of those falling on one of the kids, uh, and, our ta- and our TV also, uh, most TVs in Japan come with like a stabilizer mm. um, to it secure it into like the uh, tv stand and everything like a and like so a I, strap is that like a strap that yeah exactly that a strap to the wall? uh it's a strap that um has some well it attaches to the tv and then it goes down and it attaches to the uh tv stand that the tv is on top of um, mm. so that the tv doesn't fall forward or backward um so we actually have all that and it's it's funny because uh actually when this uh big earthquake happened last week um I just kind of thought, and I was like, asking my wife, like, how much it was shaking and everything. And I was like, I wonder if those things, like, uh, were any good. And I went and I checked, and all of them uh, had basically, like, come down a little bit over time. Um, so they weren't even uh, secured into place. So <laughs> <laughs> there had been, I mean, I don't, they might, there still might have been, like, uh, you know, they might still have been in good enough position to prevent, like, the shells from completely falling over. But I had never thought about like checking those and seeing if they had come down over time or not. Uh, so yeah, this was a good uh, reminder to go around and check. And every single one of them in our house, I mean, we have a total of probably like, I don't know, eight or 10 or 14 or something in various places. All of them uh, had, you know, kind of come down a little bit and there was space. So I had to re-secure uh, all of them. So oh, that was wow. one good thing that happened. Yeah. So did you put these... Uh kind of stabilizers after the the big one in in hokkaido that happened a, a few years ago yeah well like my old company had uh, that one of the old companies i used to work at had sales outlets throughout the country and a lot of them were in uh earthquake prone places and then also the big one that happened in hokkaido uh there was damage at you know some of the, the uh, facilities and stuff and so it was really big uh, within offices and in sales outlets like securing everything for you know earthquake prevention and stuff so it's kind of always been in like in our office uh you know just even in Sapporo, like all the computer screens were kind of uh fastened down with like two-way sticky putty type stuff and everything um 
so yeah, it's kind of always been in my head. And then when we moved into this apartment, it's kind of up off the ground quite a bit. Um, I just thought about, I mean, they're kind of an eyesore to have those things around. Yeah, um, that's, that's what I was thinking. safe than sorry. Yeah. I was thinking it wouldn't make your apartment very, very attractive, which is probably but look, the main reason we don't have any of that stuff. But in you've, our place. you've been to my place how many times? And then you've like obviously never noticed. Yeah. Them, so, yeah. I was about yeah. to say that. Yeah. So I was, I was thinking like if I, if I actually came to your place and you know, the, the stuff was actually there before or you put it in after I'd, I'd been there. Because I haven't been there for no, a while. No, as soon as we moved here. Yeah, no, as mm. soon as we moved here. So ah. every time you've been here, it's been there, yeah. So, oh, nice. So they're, they're, so they're kind of like, a, you know, camouflaged or blend in well with the with the furniture. you got like transparent. Well, we try to buy uh, transparent. They've got special invisibility cloaks Cam- camouflage. wrapped around them. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, um, I mean, there are special colors to kind of match, but anyways, yeah, yeah. So yeah, may, maybe, yeah. May, well, maybe we'll we'll try and do that. You know, there's there's one thing that we have like a big mirror in our in our bedroom, and that's kind of the only thing I've secured to the wall. So I bought some uh, some extra straps that that screw in at the top, so you can't really notice it because it's at the the top of the mirror, which is quite high. Well, that's up. well, that's really important because I mean, most of the injuries that happen in homes are from like glass or broken something that's broken you know sharp something on the ground that's broken and right. uh, people have to walk through that or they fall on top of that or something so that's why it's always important to have like shoes in various locations within your house so you can kind of get out of rooms uh if things happen to fall so if you're going to secure any of any of your shelves uh think about your kitchen the most because that's where most dishes and stuff might fall to and also, and also, shatter. what you put on the shelves, I think, is is key. Maybe not put so many things that are easily breakable on top of those shelves. If they do, uh, if they do fall down, put a uh, right. put soft things up there, like teddy bears or something. Exactly, <laughs> uh, child's toys and stuff. <laughs> uh, yeah, another... to- toilet paper rolls. <laughs> yeah, toilet paper. Um, yeah, another thing that uh, I found was some some useful numbers on this guide. Um, obviously, one one zero is an emergency call to police. Um, Burke, do you know the numbers for fire, ambulance, and rescue? One one zero. I don't. Uh, they're different. I've it was close. Them and tried the first, to remember you got the first them two numbers right. One one nine. One one nine. Yes, one one nine is emergency call for fire, ambulance, and rescue. And one one zero is for I, police. <laughs> I'm the uh, fire prevention guy, <laughs> disaster prevention guy in my building. I don't even know the proper number, man. <laughs> Call 911. There you go. Yeah. Um, but there's fired. another number. There's another number on uh, on this list, which is which I found was quite useful. And it is uh, 171. Have you heard this number, Burke? 171. And it's... Um, no. Do you know what it does? Um, No. So it is NTT's Disaster Emergency Message Dial Service. So you can leave a message on it, and it allows a person to uh, to call up that number and also find out if uh, if someone's left any messages for them. So if they're trying to reach someone, you can like say say your name. Um, you know, my name's Ben. I was in an accident. Uh, and then just to let them know, then they can dial one seven one and find out if you are safe or not. 
So, yeah. That's pretty good because, like, if you're, uh, you know, in, you know, God forbid you find yourself in, like, a collapsed building or something, unable to escape from your location, but you still have cell phone service, you can call there. Exactly, yeah. It's basically an upgraded version of uh, of leaving a note on your apartment so someone can just, like, find out how you are. 171. 171. So 119, 110, and 171. Very important Never going to forget those numbers again. Yeah. Luckily, I haven't had to use any of those numbers since I've been in Japan. Um, even back at home, I didn't even ever have to call the emergency services. In England, it's 999. Um, America's 911. Uh, but, yeah, I've never had to use any of those touch wood. Um, but... Yeah, I was, I was I was hoping that you know the one one zero would be enough to cover most things. It's uh, I think it makes it a little bit more complicated when you have to think of another number as well, like the one one nine. But I'm sure if you did dial one one zero, the police would probably put you in contact with the fire or ambulance service as well. Hopefully, that's what, <clears throat> that's something I remember from my emergency training is you have to designate somebody tell them you you call the number if you don't if you just say somebody call but then nobody will call you know so you gotta right, like no point at somebody. responsibility <laughs> yeah you gotta point at them and tell them to do it but it's kind of funny uh like some of the companies well, it's not funny but some of the companies i worked at you know they have like the fire drills and stuff we're supposed to have one in our building that i'm supposed to be organizing but we just haven't been able to do it because of covid but um, like some companies I worked at before, they do the like uh, emergency evacuation and stuff. Um, as a company, which I'm sure they do in the U.S. as well, large companies and stuff. But, um, but the uh, fire department comes and you you play with the fire extinguishers and <clears throat> you know you're supposed to shell kajida kajida kajida. You know it's fire fire fire. Uh, while you're like walking towards and spring stuff out with the fire extinguisher have you ever undergone any of that training before everyone kind of finds it a little bit enjoyable yeah in in the schools i've worked at we always have like a yearly fire drill which is always quite fun but actually in the places i've lived at never never had any kind of union meeting or anything like like you've had um maybe we had a we had like a union meeting last year at the end of last year but i didn't go um, and then my building manager was like, oh, you know, I recommend you should go to the next one because it's good to kind of show your face, let everyone know who you are. Because one of the important points that they recommend on this guide as well is, uh, you know, uh, networking with, with your with your neighbors. So you, uh, you should exchange greetings with neighbors on a regular basis so you all know each other's faces, know, know how you're, you're getting on. Um, yeah, they said cooperation with uh, neighbors is necessary when a disaster strikes so you can all, always help each other out but uh but yeah i don't really know many of the people in my building i see them around sometimes and you know say hello but uh but i wouldn't know like where they live or what their names are or anything so maybe having um regular meetings or going to these union meetings is uh, is is definitely a useful thing in case of disasters <laughs> like this I don't think anybody goes to these unions. Like, as soon as we moved into this building, um, there was, like, a union meeting coming up, and my wife was like, are we supposed to go to this? And I was like, yeah, we should probably go. You should probably go check it out, because I was, like, busy. So she went uh, to the meeting, and, like, she was the only uh, person there um, that wasn't part of, like, the board. 
you know? So like no other residents came to the meeting and she was just sitting there as the only resident who wasn't required to come to the meeting, you know? And uh, so I don't know, I'd be surprised if you go to your meeting, there's a lot of like, people there and stuff. <laughs> so you know, so people... do you think that most uh, of residents are not really thinking about their neighbors so much when it comes to these emergency situations? They're just probably thinking about themselves and their own families. That's how I, think, I would think well, anyway. Yeah, and I think it is that way. And I, it might be because it's like a city, and maybe in a city people don't get to know their neighbors as much as they do maybe in like the outskirts of cities or in like, sub, you know, smaller towns or Inaka places and stuff. Um, but yeah, I don't really feel like people know themselves to or each other very well within buildings in Japan. Yeah. But you can start like following your neighbors home to their doors and stuff. And then they're like, well, I, I definitely, I definitely don't like my downstairs neighbor because they've complained about our noise before. So if there was an earthquake, I would, uh, I'd, I'd probably, yeah, forget about them or maybe, maybe nail some screws to their front door so they can't leave. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Screw them. <laughs> you just better hope they haven't nailed your guys' door first. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Anyways. Um, uh, but yeah, well, yeah, yeah, there you go. Also, you know, if you need to go get to know your neighbors, this kind of helps to come full circle, but you got to give uh, presents to kind of introduce to your neighbors and you can give them some both side goods, some disaster cling prevention film. goods like cling film, cling right. film, or, or uh, you know, Burke special. Some, you can give them some just bags and stuff, and say it's a portable toilet or something. You know, there you go. Yeah, um, yeah. So there was uh, there was a lot of useful things on this uh, on this guide, definitely, which I'll I'll put onto the notes I said before, um, especially uh, some useful things such as uh, some apps that you can use to alert yourself of emergencies. Um, there's some links that I'll, that I'll add. Uh, safety tips. Uh, but a, a lot of this stuff is kind of geared towards uh, people who live in Tokyo, actually. But you'll definitely find stuff that's also uh, available for people all over Japan. Um, yeah, where to go, shelter guides, evacuation spots. Um, and yeah, there's a, a lot of links on here. So, uh, so yeah, when you have the time, please take a look. And if you have any questions about any of that, you can even get in touch with Burke and I through our email or social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Um, yeah, if you have any questions or you want anything to add, to uh, what we spoke about today, uh, join in the conversation, and we'll uh, we'll get back to you guys. Yeah, I just uh, really hope that um, everyone who is affected by the <clears throat> recent earthquake, well, there's been a couple actually uh, down in uh, Tohoku. Hope the uh, situation gets better soon, um, man. Because just having gone gone through one big one up here, uh, they've gone through so many more. Uh, repeated events down there and stuff so they've definitely had a hard and I hope uh, yeah again everything improves soon yeah yeah Tohoku must be a tough place to live but uh, I guess if you're from there though you know that's that's where your home is that's where everything you know is there um, and I can I guess I can kind of understand why people would stay even though it's so dangerous but uh, 
but yeah good luck and i hope everyone stays safe down there and listen to uh these earthquake guides prepare make sure you're ready for it um, because you never know when it's going to happen yeah who do we want to talk about uh sponsor this week Oh, yeah, we spoke about the Barefoot Bar last week. Um, I mean, the winter season is almost up, although it did snow quite a bit uh, over the long weekend. Um, I was in Jozanke, as we said before, and it was dumping down. So, uh, so yeah, maybe there's a last chance for people to go out to Rizutsu and, uh, and check out the, uh, the Rizutsu Lodges. If you're in the area, Rusutsu Lodges, man, for sure. Uh, we've talked about them before. Rusutsu is uh, it's the only um, ski resort that I was able to go to this year, so <laughs> I definitely would recommend it. Uh, the Rusutsu Lodges are open year round, um, so uh, it just doesn't need to be during winter season. Uh, but they are very close to the main ski resort gondola. There are Japanese Western and apartment-style rooms with breakfast packages available. There's also Japanese Sento, which is a public bath. Uh, all of the um, convenience stores are right there. Uh, it's There's a 7-Eleven. There's a Seiko Mart in that spot as well. Ski room and tune-up tables to use while you are staying there if during the winter. Plenty of free parking Summer barbecue packages are also available. There's a link in the show notes, so please check it out to learn more about the Rusutsu Lodges. Yeah, rusutsulodges.com. And as Burke said, yeah, the, the place is open all year round. In the summertime, you can go to the uh, the theme park, Rusutsu theme park, which is the same place exactly as the ski resort. It just doubles up as, uh, as an amusement park in the summertime with roller coasters and all that stuff. So it's quite a unique place to go like especially if you go in the winter time you'll see a roller coaster right next to the gondola and uh, and a big dipper and they also have a swimming pool that i remember i went to a long time ago one time i think it's still there i mean they have like water slides so i'm uh, i'm pretty sure it's still still available in the summertime so yeah if you're in the area winter or summer check out and stay at the rizutsulodges.com Thank you for listening, everybody. Really appreciate it. Please leave us a review or rating on Apple Podcasts. Only take a second. Only takes a second. Thank you. Oskar Samadesh. Oskar Samadesh.